hey, good morning. All right, I feel like there should be more life in the new year than that. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, you look good. You sound good. I want to thank you. If you are in this room right now, I want to thank you for coming to church on January the 1st. I appreciate it. I know you were up late. We had fireworks to watch. Great football on all day. I get it. Uh, I know congrats to the Georgia fans, right, or whatever. Uh, congratulations, all that stuff. But hey, thank you for being here, being in this building if you're not here, maybe you're tuning in online or watching a playback. I know that so many people in our church are traveling because they have this extended weekend. They're off seeing family. And so I just want to take a moment and say welcome to all of those who are tuning in online. Give it up, everybody, for those online. Thank you for being a part of our service. JT, I'm going to ask you to turn me down if you don't mind. I feel like this thing is as hot as last night's firecrackers. Um, before we get into today's message, there are a couple of things that I want to talk about. I want to reinforce what I just said on camera, just 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want to, can I just take a minute and just talk to you, not about the fasting schedule or the prayer times or any of that stuff. Can I just talk to you about the idea of fasting? Will you give me about two minutes to do that? I want to encourage us because for a lot of people, uh, JT, if you'll turn me down a little more, man, I'd appreciate it. Um, for a lot of people, fasting is a foreign concept. It is, is a disconnect because uh, not only do we like food, how many of you guys are foodies? You just like to eat, you cook, you're all about flavors and trying new things, you know, whatever. Some of us are just staple eaters, like I got to have my rhythmic kind of, these are my meals and it's what I like. And how, how many of you know we got to have food to eat? Uh, we have to have food to, to survive, so to put food away for prayer is kind of a foreign thing. It's hard to fully comprehend. I just want to talk to you for a moment. Why on earth would God call his people to do something that crazy? Why would he say, let's don't eat a meal, or let's don't eat at all, or let's don't eat a certain delicacy that we enjoy or appreciate or, or whatever? Why would God call us to do that? And here, here's why I believe God would call us to do that. It's because I believe it's imperative that we remind our bodies they are not in control. As followers of Christ, it is imperative that my spirit remembers that it, that it is in control. My spirit connects to the spirit of God, and I want to make sure that my spirit makes the decisions and drives my life. Am I making sense, everybody? And so if you're wondering, like, why would we do this as a church? This is the reason why we would do it. Now, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to simply offer God your best sacrifice. I'm not going to tell you what to fast. That's not up to me. Some of you guys are going to separate from food altogether. I, I've known people that have done 21 straight days, no food. I've known people who have done certain meals for every day. I've known people who have said, I'm just doing away with it. Whatever it is, that is between you and the Lord. And I want to encourage you to go before the Lord and seek him and say, God, what would you call me to put away in this season so that I could focus my attention and my time on you. I want to encourage you to give God your best sacrifice. One more thing I'm going to say is this. This is my belief, okay? It's my belief. And I think there are certain things that the Bible makes clear that is truth and we should all apply it. I think there are things that are opinions and, you know, you could take it or leave it. This is my belief. I believe that if it doesn't hurt, it isn't your best. That's just what I believe. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the pastor of our church. Oh, by the way, my name is Josh. Hello, if you're a guest. I am the lead pastor of our church, uh, and I'm just going to tell you right now that every year I dread this time of the year because I know what it's going to do to my body. Every year 
I never go, I am not that spiritual. Can I just tell you that? I'm not like, yay, I get to not eat stuff. What I do know, though, what I do know, though, is that I want my spirit to remain in control, not my body, not my flesh, not my mind. And so I willfully put myself in a place that causes me to sacrifice with intention. When I feel the hunger pain, when I feel the sacrifice, whatever it is, whatever it might be for you, right? When you feel that pain, it is the constant reminder that God is in control. I'm allowing God to elevate in my life. Every time I, my stomach growls, my, my head hurts just a little bit, every time I wish I had some coffee in my system, it is a reminder to me to say, hey, hey, God is in control. And then later in life or on the next day or what, when temptation comes, it strengthens me a little bit because I know how to deal with some pain. Am I making sense, everybody? So for some of you, you're like, I don't even get it. I'm not doing it. I'm encouraging you, stretch yourself just a little bit. Get before the Lord and do something that's going to hurt you, even if it hurts a little, do it. Amen? All right, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm done. I'm going to get off that so y'all okay? All right, stick around. I got more for you today. I just wanted to talk to you about fasting and really want to encourage you to go before the Lord in a sacrificial way. I want to make another quick announcement, and then I'm going to get into today's message. Um, if you are a part of Church on the Rock or have been for any length of time, we have something that we call All Access. If you've heard it, put your hand up, say whoop, whistle, something like that. All right. Here's what All Access is if you've not heard what that is. All Access is simply our connection point to people. Maybe you've come, you've kicked the tires a few times. You're like, all right, I would like to know more. I think maybe this is going to become my home church. All Access is the place in which you can find out more information and you can make decisions that officially connect you and onboard you to life groups, to serve teams, et cetera, et cetera. That's what All Access is. Last year, we made a couple of adjustments to All Access. I don't even remember what time of the year it was, but we made some adjustments because we realized something, it's not delivering. Like, it isn't working that well, and we got to make some changes. And so we just made some abrupt changes. I'm, I'm talking between Sundays. We decided we're going to just totally change it the way that it happens on, like, next week. We're changing it. All Access has never been more successful in my lifetime as the pastor of our church. It is unbelievable to watch the way it's connecting people to our church, it's connecting people to relationships, the way that it is connecting people to one another, to serve opportunities, to outreach. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm so excited and I'm so proud. And here's our heart, why we call it All Access. We want you to have access to all we are as a church. And that's the connection point. But here's the announcement. We are not doing any all-access steps in January. So if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to connect, I want to get involved, I want you to plan to join us for all-access in February, and here's why. Because we continue to dig into it, look into it, ask ourselves tough questions, and we actually believe that we are making it even better than we made it before. So it's going to get a little bit of a refabrication, and it's going to reveal on February, Sunday, the first, whatever that Sunday is, the first Sunday of February. I don't know what it is. If I open my phone, I could tell you. But you guys good with that? You good with that? So if you're thinking, hey, I think I want to connect. I think I want to learn more about Church on the Rock. Make plans to join us for all access in February. It'll be happening right after our church services in a classroom down the hallway that direction. If you got it, say got it. All right, good. Let's get into today's message. Are you ready? All right, let's go before the Lord in prayer. And then I'll dive right into today's subject. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much, Lord God, for these incredible people that I have the privilege to be connected to, both in person and through technology. Father, thank you for the start of a brand new year. 
not only in our church, but just in our individual lives, businesses, our, our homes, our families. God, I pray that 2023 would be a year that Church on the Rock would never forget because of your move in our lives. We believe that you are on the move in us doing great and mighty things. And so, Father, we simply ask on the first day of this brand new year that you would do a mighty work in us, continue to do your work in us. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name that it would begin right now because of this message. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. So it's January the 1st. And everybody is probably thinking about new habits and new resolutions and things. How many of you guys are resolution people in the room? Let me see you. If you say, yes, I try to commit to new things. All right. How many of you guys are like gave up on that about two decades ago? Where y'all at? All right. All right. All right. Good. Good. There's probably more of you actually in the room than there are the other. But here's the thing that a new year does give us a new opportunity to start fresh. And every once in a while, you just need a do over, don't you? Every once in a while you need to say, all right, look, let me just, let me just wipe the slate clean and I, and I want to start fresh. And so today I want to talk to you about change. Is that okay? Can we talk about change? Because here I believe even if you have given up on resolutions and you're like, I don't do those, they're a waste of my time, I actually suspect that by the end of today you might think a little differently about change. Is that fair? So we're going to start in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is a pretty popular portion of scripture. Perhaps you've heard it before. And here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. I like that word because that's a process. How many of you guys know transformation takes time? All right. Let God transform you into a new person. And here's what I want to emphasize by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so I want to talk about change, because the Bible says that, that we should be transformed by God by changing the way we think. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this just for a moment, because I think oftentimes when we read this scripture, we think that, hey, man, if God is transforming me, he will change the way I'm thinking, and that's part of the transformation. But I would actually like to submit to you that perhaps in order for God to transform me, I have to change how I think. Let me say it this way. The responsibility isn't his, it's mine. That in order for me to walk out the call of God on my life, to, to live my life according to what God wants me to be or how he wants me to conduct myself, the father that he would want me to be, the friend, the you, you name it. You put yourself in that. You know, for the moms in the room, and if I'm going to be the mother that God is calling me to be, if I'm whatever it is, et cetera, et cetera, you fill in your own blank, you apply this to your life. If that's going to happen, then sometimes I'm going to have to change how I think completely. Not just say, okay, God, I'm going to show up to church. I'm going to serve on a team. I'm going to, I'm going to go to a group. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then you do, you do all the changing. I actually think that a lot of the changing has to start with us. And I'm going to give some disclaimers this morning. Is that okay? I want you to know something that everything I talk about this morning, everything is under the assumption that we're talking about a God centered focus, not a self-centered focus. 
So as I'm talking, we're going we're gonna to run across this line where it might sometimes feel or sound self-centered. I'm operating under the assumption that we're talking about God-centered change in our lives. This is not a self-help sermon. Okay? But I also need you to understand something so that you can maximize what God may want to deposit into you is that I also simultaneously am a strong believer about mindsets. I believe the most powerful computer in the world is between our ears. I believe that what our minds are saying, thinking, repeating, believing, dictate a lot about who we are and who we are becoming. So I think that the warfare that takes place in the spiritual often takes place between our ears. Because there's an identity for those of us that are in Christ Jesus. There's an identity for those of us who are not. And there is a belief that we should walk with, understand, and carry if we are sons and daughters of the Most High King. Satan, our adversary, understanding that, would love for us to get in a mindset that's adverse and contrary to God's way of thinking, to God's way of living, to God's way of conducting ourselves. If you believe that, say amen. The change that I'm going to talk about this morning is also going to be change that we can mostly control. So you have to understand that, that there are things that change us that are way outside of our control. Tragedies, economic issues, uh, unexpected events that have a lot to do with who we kind of are or become or how we even sometimes operate in seasons because we're in a response mode versus a proactive mode. Is that making sense? So everything that I talk with you about today is really probably going to mostly fall in the, in the box of what you can control. Are you with me? All right, let's get started. Are you ready? I want to talk to you today about two kinds of change. Two types of change. In fact, I would submit that maybe there are only two kinds of change. And the first type of change is change by default. It just happens. It just sort of comes on us. And then the other kind of change is change by decision. Vastly different, but they actually look really similar. So let's start with talking about change by default. This is, this is change by default. Change by default is that your beautiful black hair that used to get you all the attention from the ladies is now speckled salt and pepper and gray. And you're in that transitional point where you're like, I wish it would be all gray or all black. I don't necessarily like this transition, but by default, things are changing. I remember for years and years of my life, I've, I've kind of always been this shape. I've probably been this size since I was in about literally like the sixth grade. I was like this big. And I can eat. I, listen, y'all, I can eat at unrealistic rates. Unbelievable. My grandparents used to joke and say, Josh, you have a hollow leg. It must just fall through your stomach and fill your leg because I could eat and eat and eat. And I loved it. I had high metabolism. I was athletic. I could just do stuff. And I remember, I remember. People used to say, you just wait till you're 40. Oh, you just wait, Josh, till you turn 40, right? And I'm getting laughter in the room because people understand what I'm talking about. You just wait till you're 40, and all of a sudden, everything's going to change. Well, I just want you to know every single one of those people lied to me, all of them. Because when I was 38 years old, <laughs> I started to be like, what is going on 
right here. This is no fun. Now I have to consider, do I want Oreos? I mean, the answer is yes, but am I going to eat the Oreos if I submit to this temptation? How many of them? Am I? Because I think about the change by default. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we all experience this. My, my, uh, my father-in-law just celebrated his 62nd birthday the other day. And I thought to myself, that'll be me one day. That's going to be me. I'm going to get there. In fact, I just want you to know this. I plan to be a centennial. I will live to triple digits. That's just, that's me. All right, I'm just telling you right now. So 62, I'm still going to be young, vibrant, and crushing whatever God is calling me to. I just want you to know I'm going to lean in because I, I, I just want to be high output until I'm 100 and something, and then God can take me home, all right? But I thought about it, and I thought, man, one day that's going to be me. I'm going to age up to 62 years old at a certain point in my life, but change by default, it's this thing. And, and there's, there's some truths about it, right? And the first truth is this, that change is inevitable. The metabolism does slow down. We do age up. We, you know, 20 years ago, I could run faster, jump higher. I'd PF flyers. Uh, I'm just kidding. Only a certain generation will even know what that means. Um, but it is inevitable. Like, change is coming whether we want it to or not. It is coming. Are you with me? All right, here's another, here's another truth about change by default. Change is hard. It's really hard. In fact, just this morning I was joking with our drummer because I run a lot. Um, and I don't run, like, for exercise. I run because I'm always in a hurry. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm, I, sometimes I don't need to be in a hurry. I just am. And I was just running down this, this aisle. I don't even remember for what reason. And I needed to get back there. And I'm running down this aisle. And, uh, and I, I'm, I made a jump. I, I did it. I made a little jump and did not fall on my face. But it took me a few seconds to make the transition from here, upright, and continuing my run into the bay. It took a little time. And I said... I said to our drummer, I said, 20 years ago, I'd have never slowed down. I'd have cleared this ledge with ease and just been struck out the whole time. But change is inevitable and can be hard. It can be difficult because maybe our mind tells us we can do something that our body tells us, no, you cannot. Maybe, maybe the change is difficult because we might be in a season of our life where we're recognizing, quite frankly, that our effectiveness in our role is waning. And there's some bright young kid that probably should be stepping up into my role, but my identity is wrapped up in this role. Change is so difficult, and oftentimes it is so hard because we can't stop it. It just comes. Isn't this right? We can change by default. In fact, in Ecclesiastes, I love this verse. The Bible says, honor and enjoy your creator while you're still young. In other words, like give God your best as early as you can. Why? Watch. Do it before the years take their toll. Your vigor wanes. Before your vision dims and the world blurs and the winters keep you close to the fire. Can, can I just paraphrase What's being said here, change is inevitable. Change is hard. It's not the easiest thing to do to make change. 
But I really would like to invest the majority of our time today talking about change by decision. Because I believe that we have mindsets and an ability. And the Bible says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. And so I want to talk for some, some few moments this morning about change by decision. And I'm going to give you some truths about changing by decision as well. Can, can I give you those? Here's the first one. If we are going to change by decision, then the first truth is this, that change is inevitable. Let me explain that. I want to put you in my mindset for just a moment. Because if I'm going to change by decision, then I will decide change is inevitable. I will change. I will be intentional about change. I will look for opportunities to change. I will not give myself any other option because change is inevitable. Can I tell you a little story? Um, I have, this is my phone, it's an iPhone. I don't know what, like, generation this thing is. I don't have any idea. This stuff doesn't matter to me. I know that there are some people that they're like, oh, the, the iPhone, what's the latest one? Shout it out, I don't even know. The 14? Is 14 the number? All right, I know that some of, some of you guys, you're like, oh, the 14's coming out in whatever month, and you're just like, yee, and you're giddy to go get, I couldn't care less. I'm going to be really honest with you. I would still have my BlackBerry, all right? I would. I thought it was cool. I liked the little toggle thing on it, and I could press the actual. But, you know, I would still be living in that world, except that if you had a BlackBerry, I mean, you can get beat up for that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. That's crazy. And so the other day, just this past week, uh, Lauren and I, uh, my wife, we were out of town for uh, a few days, kind of pre-celebrating our upcoming wedding anniversary. And so we're staying in this little place, and just down and around the corner was a, uh, was a Starbucks. And so one morning I wake up, and she was still getting ready, and I said, I'll, I don't, I'll just run down there, and I'll just get our coffees, and I'll come right back. And she said, okay. And so Lauren hands me her phone, because she has the Starbucks um, app on there. I'm about to get made fun of a lot right now. And she has the app on there, and so she can, and if, if I'm even explaining this wrong, I need your grace here, but she can load money onto the thing, and then you just scan it at the register, and that's how you pay. Okay. And so she says, I'm going to load money on the thing, and I'm going to send you with my phone. I'm like, okay. All right, cool. Now, before we talk about her phone, let's talk a little bit more about my phone. Um, my phone has a button on the bottom. I know, so I'm already getting laughed at. There's a, there's a button on the bottom, and I'm going to be honest with you, I like my button. I, th like, this is, this is my flavor right here, the, the button on the very bottom. Anybody in this room have, have an iPhone with a button still? Oh, good. I'm, so I'm not alone. I'm not alone. All right, now listen, listen. I love the button on the iPhone. I do, and I like this phone too because it's a little bit smaller. I don't need a brick in my pocket. This just works for me, and so I'm accustomed to an iPhone with a button. That's me. In fact, the last time I went and got a phone, I asked them, can I please get one with a button? And the guy really did kind of turn his head slightly, like, but that's what you got. I'm like, I know, and I know how it works, and I want one of those. And then he said to me, well, sir, you can upgrade right now. I'm like, no, I know. Do you have one with a button? 
And he said, yes, sir. And he goes and he gets it, all right? And he comes back out with it. I'm about to get my new phone. And then I asked the question. I'm just curious, right? And I said, hey, just by the way, um, if I chose to upgrade, like, when could I do that? And he did the same hilt, like head tilt thing a little bit. And he was like, I just said that you can upgrade now. I'm like, I know, but if I get the new one, he's like, yes, if you get this one with a button, you can upgrade now. <laughs> oh, okay, that's great. And my phone, by the way, because this is how I operate, was free. I didn't finance this thing for them two years. It was free. And I thought, I like that money savings thing. Give me my button. Some of you guys are wondering, how does this connect to Starbucks? And how does this connect to change that is inevitable? Because I walked down to that Starbucks with my wife's phone. It's like an iPhone 17. <laughs> and, and she's got face recognition, and I am not even remotely close to as pretty as she is. So I had to get the reminder, like, what's the code? So she tells me this is the code. I got you. All right, I got the code. And so I walked down to the Starbucks, and I'm standing at the counter, and I ordered our coffees, and it came time to pay, and I pulled out her phone, and I am not going to lie to you, I couldn't even open it. It said right on the screen, swipe to open. And that sounds easy, doesn't it? I swiped right, I swiped left, I swiped down, I swiped up. I was swiping my thumb, it transitioned to the other hand, using the finger. And then finally, I want you to know that the guy serving me my coffee never knew how big an idiot I am. He never knew. I, it, it was as if I was just searching for something. I thought, and then I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to use cash. And I pulled my wallet out, and I bought our coffees with cash money. Because I couldn't open up her iPhone. And I was frustrated walking back down that sidewalk. I was frustrated. I was holding those coffees. I was like, it's so stupid, so dumb. Why'd they, why'd they even do away with buttons? Buttons are the best thing. You just push the button. You don't have to worry, which direction do I swipe? I don't even understand. I was pretty frustrated. And by the time I got back to the room, I think that Lauren could tell that I was a little bit frustrated because I couldn't operate an iPhone. It is 2023. And I spent about an hour being frustrated by change. But then my mindset had to change. And I said, this is embarrassing. Okay, you can make fun of me all week. That's fine. But I said, Lauren, can you just show me how, how do you open this phone? And she, she kind of did this head tilt thing. <laughs> and she just swiped from the bottom and I'm like oh all the way at the bottom got it now listen this is going to sound crazy but you know what I decided I'm going to upgrade listen let, whoa, whoa, don't, I don't even want you to clap I don't even want the applause I don't here's what I decided it's time for me to upgrade Time, and here's why it's time for me to upgrade, because change is inevitable. And here's what I'm not going to be, the old man wishing I had a flip phone. I'm not going to be that guy. I am not going to be the guy that doesn't choose change but receives change by default. Because if I will always take my change by default, I'll be frustrated by it. But if I will choose my change, it'll change how I think about change. 
And so what I decided honestly in that moment, I said, I'm going to have to upgrade because the truth of the matter is that it seems to me, and I could be wrong, but the button is becoming old and archaic. And now it's just you swipe to open and face recognition and all that kind of stuff. And as silly and as crazy as it sounds, it's about how I think. And something inside of me had to switch because if I cling to something as silly as a button on a phone and that frustrates me, can you imagine the frustrations I'm going to have when everything else around me is changing too? And so I've just decided that I will change by decision. Therefore, change is inevitable. I will learn how to make that phone function because one day I'm going to be old and I want the young people to be like, all right, he's old, he's a little dated, he's got a goofy shirt on, but I mean, he's relevant. That's what I would love to be. I'll change my styles too, I promise, all right? In 1 Peter chapter 1, I love this language of this verse. Watch. So prepare your minds for action. And exercise self-control. In other words, make a game plan. Can I paraphrase? Change on purpose. Don't let change overwhelm you. Initiate change. Embrace change. Choose change. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because it's the best thing for you. We all need to change. And if we are going to change by decision, we have to make change inevitable. The second truth I would love to give you about change by decision is this. Change is hard. Sound familiar? It's hard. I'm going to be honest with you. If you change by default, that's hard because it just happens to you. If you change by decision, can I be honest with you? It's hard. It isn't easy. It's not it's not fun to be uncomfortable, out of our comfort zones, to be in new territory. It, it isn't fun, but can I tell you something? It's necessary if I'm going to change by decision. I have to be okay to do hard work. L let me say it like that. Can I preach a minute? Can I just preach a warning? All right, I'm going to preach a second, and then I'll come, I'll come right back. But, but listen, can we be honest about some things? It's about time, and if this is, look, if the shoe fits, wear it. If this is for you, take it. If it's not, just let it go. But it's just about time that we start to understand some things, that just because I show up to church on a regular basis, serve on a team, attend a life group, et cetera, et cetera, do the check church list thing. Do the church checklist thing. I'm pretty sure I said that backwards the first time. I need to understand that just because I'm doing right things isn't going to make everything in my life just work out. I don't understand why I don't find freedom. I don't understand why I'm not changing. I don't understand why I can't this, that, the other. And what we're doing is we're over here at the church checklist going, check, check, check. Shouldn't I have a good grade? Shouldn't I be free? Shouldn't I this? Let me just preach a second and remind us all, myself included, because I preach to me and hope it helps you, that change is hard. So if I'm going to make a decision in the new year to become a tithing family, it's going to get hard when that 10% affects my bills, my budget, my fun, my opportunities. What am I going to do then? Will I change by decision even though it's hard? 
If I choose, maybe for the first time ever, to participate in a 21-day fast, it's going to be about day four that you're going to go, how many more days? Because change is hard. If I'm going to be somebody that improves and, and says, I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to be this person known for flying off the handle and having a bad temper. I'm not going to be the one that gets angry so quickly. Then I'm going to have to change by decision, and it isn't going to be easy to change that habit. I'm preaching a little bit. Because change, it's hard. It doesn't come easy. And if I want to be transformed... And into the image of God, I'm going to have to change how I think. And so if I'm going to change by decision, I'm going to tell myself change is inevitable. And I'm going to tell myself, hey, change is hard. Proverbs 13, the Bible says, lazy people want much but get little. But those who work, what's the word? Hard will prosper. The ones that work hard will prosper. If I'm going to change by decision, I've got to be willing to put the work in. If I'm going to show up to prayer 21 days in a row at 6.30 a.m., I'm going to have to be disciplined. I'm going to have to put the work in. If I'm going to find freedom from this issue, I'm going to have to be focused and accountable and talk to people. And I'm going to have to make sure I do the hard work to get the good results. I'm going to have to begin to believe things about me that I don't even believe yet. But I'm going to have to do the work. I'm going to have to lean in, stretch, be uncomfortable because I want the results of transformation. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And then there's one final thought, though, about change by decision. I believe it's a truth. If we change by decision, we're making up our minds that change is inevitable. We're making up our minds that change is hard. This won't always be easy. But here's the best part. Change, everybody, is rewarding. Man, when we see transformation start to take place in our lives, then we look back and go, oh, that was worth it. When all of a sudden my budget starts to make more sense, not because I got a raise, but because I'm a better steward and I'm more disciplined and I say no to impulsive purchasing and I say yes to wisdom and stewardship and I put principles in place and I begin to allow a structure to come. It isn't easy, but it's worth it. When I see my spirit man growing more and more and more because I've chosen to put the work in, and maybe you're not real good at being accountable, but you've found a couple of people that you say, I will trust you, and I will leverage some things, and I'll be honest with you, and when you ask me questions, I'll tell you the truth, even if it hurts me to tell you the truth, but change is inevitable, change is hard, and when we start to see the growth in that spirit man where the things that used to knock us off our rails all of a sudden don't even matter anymore, we will say to ourselves, this is worth it. This change is rewarding to me. Man, I can take the hard work. I can take the discomfort because I like the results that I'm getting. The beautiful, most important part about changing by decision is it is, it is rewarding. It is, in fact, worth it. When I say, man, I'm going to put that work in. I'm gonna, you, you might have a fitness goal this year. I'm going to get fit this year. I'm going to run X amount a week. I'm going to do X amount of push-ups every day. Whatever it is, you, you might have a weight loss goal this year. Hey, make change inevitable. 
Understand that change is hard, but see, the change is rewarding. Man, look at me now. Look at me now. Look at what I'm doing now. Even if you, come on, listen, can I just be honest? Can I talk to real people for, for just a minute in the last couple minutes that I have? Is this, that, that when, when real people, you know, go to goals like that, you might jump on the scale and say, man, I don't see it. I'm the same weight. I'm the same weight. Well, then start asking a different question. How do you feel? Do you feel better being healthier? Do you feel better having better discipline, less portions, uh, longer times between meals, less snack, whatever, whatever. Listen, mindset, set it up to be successful. Do you want to know the number one reason people's New Year's resolutions don't follow through? Because they set unrealistic goals. Let's set something that we can achieve. Put the work in. Make change inevitable and see the reward. Proverbs 12, 27 as we close. I like this verse. My good friend just shared it with me. Been in the Bible the whole time. First time I ever saw it was about a week ago. The lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. You can see kind of why I like it, but it also preaches to the point that it's worth it. It's rewarding. Can I just say something to you, whether you're online or in this room? Can I, can I say something to you? I believe in you. Like, I believe you can do it, whatever it is. I have total confidence. And if you ask me in six months, what do you think? You know what I'm going to tell you? I believe in you. You can, you can do it, man. God is going to strengthen you to do it. So in closing, in closing. If you are like me in any way and you start thinking about, well, what should change? What, what, should I, what should I improve on? What should I focus on? Maybe you hadn't even thought about it until this message. If you're like me at all, you're going to be like, well, it'd be nice to get better in that spot. and Well, I'd like to fix that. And boy, if I could improve here. And, and all of a sudden, I can have a list of stuff. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, I could just listen. Nobody can criticize me like I can criticize me. I'm telling I'm the best at it. I can't hide from me. It is so easy. It is so easy for me to be like, you are terrible at that. You really got to grow up here. Man, you need to stop. Man, you need to start. You, and I can just create a list. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Don't do that. Don't do that. Here, here's, here's what I want you to think about as you think about change. What one thing, what one thing, if it changed, would make the biggest difference? One thing. Don't boil the ocean. Put a little water in the pot. What one thing? Just pick one and just say, all right, this is realistic. This is attainable. And I think it would have the biggest impact, the fastest. Focus on one thing if it takes you all year long. When my kids were young and I would help them clean their rooms, I would always encourage them to start with the biggest stuff. Because you'll, you'll notice the most momentum early. That big old giant pile of dirty clothes, let's start there. Because once it's gone, <gasps> you have a floor. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so look at it like that. Look at it like that. What's the, 
What's the thing that's going to make the biggest impact? I would encourage you, make that your target. And I'm going to close with this verse right here. Second Peter, this is why I believe in you. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and maybe this needs to become your verse for the year. Maybe you write this on the, on the mirror and lipstick or you, you know, print it out and tape it to the dash of your car. I don't know. Put it in your pocket and pull it out and read it every time you touch it. Maybe you just commit it to memory and you hide God's word in your heart. But the Bible says that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Can I tell you something? God will give you the strength to change, to make change, to change by decision. You're not alone. He's, the Bible says he's given you, what, what's that one word? He's given you what? Everything you need. Everything you need. Look around you. Look around. Just put your head on a swivel like my coaches used to say. Look around. Go ahead. Go ahead, look left, look right, look around, look around. He's, he's given you a family, comrades, friends, people. You can do this with. You're not alone. Listen to me. God believes in you. Your pastor believes in you. Your church family believes in you. This may be the best year of your life. Why? Because you chose to change. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to pray twice. The first thing I want to do is I just, I would really like to pray a prayer that for lack of a better term would almost like sear this in us. And I, you got to hear me say that I need this message as much as anybody in our church. I promise you. I just want to pray that God would help us to be people that we don't change by default. We change by decision. So, Father, I pray for every single person, whether they are in the building with us this morning, tuning in on live, uh, online and, and live streaming. Maybe they're watching a playback of this a day later, a week later, a year and a half later. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would help us be the kinds of people that choose change. We get comfortable to be uncomfortable. We make sure that change for us is by decision. And we make it inevitable. We understand that it is hard because we want the reward. Help us to be transformed by you by changing, Lord God, the way we think. Thank you that you've empowered us to do everything and have everything to live a godly life in you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, the, I told you I was going to pray twice. So can I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes? Because I want to make an invitation to maybe someone who's in this room, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're tuning in online and it's the same thing. You've just never made that decision. If that's you, I believe the Spirit of God has been knocking on the door of your heart all morning long. And all I want to do is invite you to make that decision right now. Here's how you would commit your life to Christ. I'm going to invite you to say a very simple prayer. Church family, if you're in the room, you know how we do it. Everybody's going to say it along with you so that you can say it with confidence and boldness. Here's the prayer. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. All of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen, amen. Would you just put your hands together? Let's stand all across the room.